I'm Gabby Hi, I'm Emily Fennigan. Hi, it's Keith Bradshaw. Hi, this is Holly Evans. And I'm Ben Hook. In conjunction with Sport SA and the Breakthrough Mental Health Research Foundation, this is Hooked on Sport. Welcome back to Hooked on Sport. Thanks for tuning in. The broad church of guests appearing on this podcast expands once again today. Before our next guest joins me for episode 15, a reminder, we're delivering the latest updates on what you need to know about the return to sport. Things are changing in a hurry, so make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss any of our latest episodes. Today's guest is Jenny Williams. It's difficult to picture anyone, not the senior coach of a sports club, who has demonstrated a stronger track record of success with teams and athletes than Jenny. A member of the famed South Australian Williams clan, her father Foss and three brothers, Mark, Stephen and Anthony, are all champions of the Port Adelaide Football Club. But Jenny hardly resides in their shadow. A former Australian lacrosse player and all-round sports person, Williams has become one of the nation's most well-researched and successful sports psychologists, with an enviable track record of helping teams reach peak performance. She is now the driving force behind company Best on Ground Performance and author of the book, Think, Prepare, Play Like a Champion. Jenny joins me next. Hi, this is Jess Trudinsky from the Aussie Spirit and you're listening to Hooked on Sport. Jenny Williams, welcome to Hooked on Sport. Thank you very much. Looking forward to having a chat with you. How's your days of COVID going? Uh, my days aren't going too bad, you know. I mean, it's uh, I'm... I'm housebound for a good reason at the moment, Jenny. I'm doing up a house, so I can't really leave anyway. I've got that much to do. It's almost been the perfect arrangement for me. Stay at home and do some more painting. Uh, I'm uh, doing the same sort of thing, although I've become very good. I've done a thousand-piece jigsaw by myself from wow. BB, BB-8. I'm going to mount it on the wall afterwards because it's been a, an epic thing to do. And even my husband said it was amazing. He thought it was way better than I'd ever get get it done in like four weeks. So I, I'm sort of pretty proud of uh, doing that and at the same time spending most of my time um, chatting to people how they're going during the time because it's um, – Quite different for athletes and also for just your friends. It, it has been remarkably different. Um, are you starting to we're, we're back to training this week, which is exciting? You're starting to see some light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, absolutely. With that, um, just even talking to people, I think most have been sensible enough to understand. Small-sided games and just doing things in pairs has actually been good for a lot of people, or even just by themselves. But um, you know, I know uh, I've been having a throw and catch with my daughter, you know, both of footy and lacrosse and, you know, it's the sort of thing that we haven't had time to do, but she's been on JobKeeper. So we've been home figuring, well, this is a time you can do a few little skills things together. So been doing a lot of that and also talking to people about how they can run small-sided practices for their uh, clubs, um, you know, like so that they're actually getting ready when they can go back to playing. I always think about your brother in circumstances like these, Mark, such an innovative coach. I feel like uh, the teams that are going to be very successful this year are going to be the ones that innovate really well. It's an innovator's dream, Jenny. Is that how you would assess it? Yeah, well, I actually think in many ways it's a, a, 
Uh, it's a bit of a chance to reassess a lot of things about what we think is important in sport, why grassroots stuff is really important because, um, you know, like it is actually something that gives people a chance to get together, to to train, do amazing things. But it's also a chance just to remember that connection is probably the most important thing, the, the chance to actually be with people and have some fun. And maybe a lot of sport is going to get back to a bit more fun than it was beforehand. Are you expecting some concerns around maybe some people at community sport who almost have got out of the habit? So they might have found something you were talking about, jigsaw puzzles. Maybe they'll find another passion other than their team sport. Is that a concern for sporting clubs and sporting individuals as we start to head out of the pandemic phase? Actually, I think there's probably a really good thing to a question to ask and sports to think about because, um, you know, for a lot of people, I suppose, you know, who've got kids, it's been a bad world, you know, like working and then going off and trying to get them to training and everything else like that. So I think a few have going to have taken a breath and actually gone, oh, wow, uh, I, I don't need to be so busy all the time. And in which I think clubs are going to have to now actually make sure that there are bases for families in some ways that, you know, if you've got a son or a daughter, if you've got teams that you can go to at the same time and make life a little bit more simpler, I think people will go, yeah, what a great thing. But again, it's going to be a challenge to go, is it worth going? And yes, it is. If you've got friends there, if it's fun, if you're learning things. And that's the whole uh, concept that I think of um, standing back and thinking about sport differently rather than always being, oh, you know, the win or loss stuff. It's actually why are we really here? And it's because the win or loss is part of being part of a team. And I think that team aspect is really important. And for parents to remember, that's really what kids get out of it when they go back. What about the challenge of moving, and you've been involved in preparation of a number of sports teams, both at community and elite levels. What about the challenges of going from this situation where people have only been training in either individually or twos and, and getting them to coordinate into these small groups and then having to extend that to full team training that we hope to see in another month's time? What are some of the challenges of that and perhaps some of the practical uh, examples of advice you could give of maybe clever ways that you can start to integrate those sorts of things together? Actually, Ben, that's that's really important that if you think of, um, I don't know, when you were a kid, did you ever play things like sevens or, um, you know, hopscotch or, I don't know, we used to play a game called Hoppo Bumpo and Fly and they're all games that actually develop bounding. Um, You know, even Chasey, I actually think uh, a lot of sports clubs have lost the art of game, um, you know, when PE teachers used to be in charge of warm-ups more so than sports science, it had a lot of game-based stuff. And um, for me, things like even stuck in the mud where people were chasing each other, then you had to get down and up to, to free someone, always had reasons that you could actually go, this is game-like because in any game, you're changing direction. You're having to move when people are coming. And often a lot of the prescribed stuff, you know, like change, do this when they can see where are is quite different to games so some of the things I think people could be doing while they're actually getting better at this is to learn some of these old things that we used to do which involve jumping changing direction uh, doing a lot of these games sort of stuff and um, I said even for women the sevens was um, throwing the ball against a wall and you would have to catch it catch it and clap six times turn around <laughs> do all of these things do you, do you play any of that when you were young I'm just trying to think. I do remember, in particular, when I was in England, we're talking about 25 years ago now, I do remember playing a lot of six-a-side cricket matches. So 
trying to manage uh, defending a particular part of the ground and just accepting that if uh, a ball was going to be hit into the offside, for example, we had no fielders there. So you just had to try and work out a way of getting the person to hit only into one area of the ground where you had fielders. So that was often... I, I used to sort of think about things like six-a-side cricket as a bit Mickey Mouse and a bit stupid. But then when you actually started to think, righto, well... How can I be successful at this? And you would come up with concepts of, well, let's completely open up that side of the ground, defend this part of the ground, and then try and bowl in an area where it's very, very difficult to hit to the to the open part of the ground, if you like. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think that there are always very clever little ideas that perhaps don't necessarily relate exactly to the sport you play, but you can develop them into something that gives you a bit of an understanding of, of what you can and can't achieve. Well, that's one of the things that we actually think as old PE teachers has been lost. You know, like it's everything is about the main game. And people used to wonder why we were so good at what we did when we played as a group of women. And it was because we often trained in a small side. We didn't often have huge numbers, but we got really good at all the skills when we were doing it. Plus, we then had to think our way out of things if, if the game changed. So when we went touring in America and they had slightly different rules, people would go, oh, don't you need to always have played their rules? And we used to go, if we train better than anyone else and we have smart people, we learn to adapt the game. And what you're just talking about, I worked with the Melbourne Uni Cricket Club last year. And uh, when we did all the psych stuff, um, one of the big things is we actually then talked, how do we put the practices in to make the psychological stuff right? So in other words, to get better at mastery hours, when you go in the nets, instead of just batting, how can we do that with more um, what's it like in the game? So we had certain bowlers, um, players were had to get so many runs in so many overs in some nets. In other nets, it was different bowlers, but they had to stay in for as long as possible. So again, we put every practice then became worthwhile rather than just going to practice and going, oh, yeah, here, we're here for two hours or whatever, just do whatever. Everything becomes purposeful and you start to think about how to get better at the game. So in a game, um, even things like Mark was kicking with Dylan Shew and he's got a competition at the moment going, my brother Mark Williams, um, that you get um, to actually have him look at your kicking and and um, give some feedback. And this is one of the biggest things is finding an expert and even if you've got small-sided things, maybe find someone that maybe is older. And there's a lot of 55 to 60-year-old men and women around who are absolutely excellent at the games, still keep an interest, want to get better at things that can actually be useful to go and watch kids and then say, oh, yeah, you're doing that, but maybe you could do this differently and actually make kids think. And that's one of the biggest things is I think noticing what do you do? How do you do it well? Or what could you do differently? And what are the best people do um, is one of the things we need to teach kids. And often that's one of the, it's just go along and do your technical practice. And to be great, you need to be technically proficient, but also physically, um, socially, to make sure you get in the teams, uh, have people around you that make you feel good. And last of all, psychologically. So those four aspects actually help you become great. And you can work on different ones of those. So during the um, uh, COVID uh, breakdown, I've been telling people this is a great time to do some psych stuff. You can learn things and actually go out better than you were when you actually stopped playing. Let's take a short break to hear from John Mannion at the Breakthrough Mental Health Research Foundation. The present situation can increase our anxiety, which is completely normal and understandable. To try and reduce some of this anxiety by practicing our breathing 
or deep muscle relaxation techniques, maybe some mindfulness, or even dancing, singing, or maybe even yoga. And now back to the show. I'm talking to Jenny Williams, sports psychologist. She is the author of the book, Think, Prepare, Play Like a Champion. Jenny, in regards to Think, Prepare, Play Like a Champion, we have a very short preseason ahead of us before we're going to get back into sport. What are some of the dangers for athletes, both mental and physical, with a short preseason? And what are the, some of the things that you think that athletes should focus on, mental and physical, to make sure they're organised with such a limited preparation? Well, as I said, number one thing is I'd find an expert, someone that you can each in each area actually make sure you're prepared as well as you can and give things that you can do at home and then in pairs and then in groups. So, you know, physically, who do you have that can actually look at you, work out, yep, you need to be doing this, and you also need to work out what are you going to be doing in a game and make sure you're practising for that. And that means if you're actually doing everything upright and you're a footballer, you're silly. You should be getting down, getting up again, um, getting out um, – a wet ball sometimes because, again, people need to be prepared um, to understand heart rates. So, again, that's also useful not only for physically but also mentally because when you're actually not feeling good, your heart rate, high anxiety. So how do you actually bring that back down again? Um, And um, things such as um, understanding sports medicine, uh, if you are injured, get a really good opinion first so that you actually know you've actually got the right treatment coming on rather than waiting for later and probably in all these areas um if you're thinking about it uh even watching stuff on tv i've been watching um the michael jordan thing which is really good because again my book is about champions so i'm checking every time i'm watching michael jordan ah you know what are the things that i think he does that are champion which is most things but even in things like the gambling thing um how do you actually make sure that that doesn't become an addiction and that's really important for people who are paid a lot for playing sport and i wanted i watched another one the other day called the battered bastards of baseball which excuse the language but it was um a true story about kurt russell's dad who owned a and bought a baseball team and they actually got people who had been left out and brought them back in to have fun to see how good they could be and again i think that's going to be a little bit of the positives when we're going back into this is people are actually really looking forward to going and doing something together to be able to play and maybe that's what always people used to do while we've gotten to the stage with a lot of our elites it's like it's a job and that's actually taken the fun out of it for a lot of them so i'm hoping that maybe there'll be a bit of a reset that people will actually really value the fact that sport is a great thing but it's actually started because we want to be competitive but we also want to do stuff with others and be social and that's really important in the sport stuff. Jenny what about for uh, the older bracket of uh, Australians we've seen over this period that a lot of people have taken it upon themselves to stay active and stay fit and go out walking or maybe begin a light jogging program do you think we can potentially harness a little bit of that into seeing people in the older age group or more senior Australians getting back in, involved into maybe not so much competitive sport but maybe some group activities yeah, well, I'm, you know, like everyone I know, actually, being over 60 myself now, it's one of those things that every day um, 
when you don't have a lot to do, I actually spend time, um, we've got a colour treadmill, so we actually put on series and go out and watch them with the uh, subtitles on. So I get really good at running and reading at the same time. But again, it's been fun doing that, um, making sure that you enjoy whatever you're doing. And other people are going out. I've never seen so many people walking with their dogs, etc. And everyone's saying hello in the neighbourhood. And this is something that we actually should encourage afterwards that Whatever you do, if you've picked up these good habits, find a way of keeping them going. And even to the extent where like I, I did economics beforehand, I'm interested in the world all needs to work as hard as they were and maybe have more people working, less unemployment, but everyone working eight or nine tenths. So we get a little bit more time for exercise because that's one of the things is you don't want to also go, oh, I'm going to wait till I'm 60 to you know, be able to walk around the block. We need everyone to have time and mums especially that have got kids to have time for themselves to do some exercise as well. So, And it doesn't have to be this giant, you know, like organised thing, just going for a walk. And my husband, Mark, who's a sports medicine doctor, was saying just going for a walk for 20 or 30 minutes every day has a huge health benefit for the population. So even though we're seeing something that's really hard, maybe we're also seeing us develop some really good habits too. Jenny, is there one particular sports team? And I know you've been involved with a number of very successful sports teams, in particular in recent times. We saw North Adelaide win the uh, SANFL Premiership in 2019. You talked about your involvement with Melbourne Uni Cricket Club recently uh, that were the uh, Victorian Premier League uh, cricket premiers. Is there any particular team that you're looking forward to seeing how they perform over the course of the next 12 months? Well, it would be interesting um, for me. I had a chance to work with the Adelaide Crows women this year and you really see the difference when you um, – Matt does a very good job coaching. And they've got a great um, – set up there but one of the things you saw this year is when you lose some of your great players you struggle anyway you have to um, especially when they don't have a lot of time pre-season um, to get better so um, I think the, the women's footy coming back will be a good thing to see how especially the Crows now recruit some new ones um, and for me, again, looking at North Adelaide, because they've had a good year, then they've had a, a pretty hard year, but um, losing um, Josh as a coach and Jacob coming back, um, uh, Jacob will do, Surgeon will do a great job with those, but watching the SNFL in, in total is going to be interesting to see how they restructure all of this and how players maybe aren't going to be getting paid like they were. But in if if you don't pay people a lot, there's one thing that makes sport wonderful, and that's that you want to go out and be the best and have some fun doing it. So I look at the greatest sports teams I've ever played in. We were training with Sassy. We got a little bit of money to cover our, our travel in that. But, you know, training six days a week, two hours a day when you were women and amateurs – was actually great because we just wanted to see how good we can get. And I now look at it and I'm thinking the SNFL is going to go back to a little bit like that, where it's actually going to be who's going to be the best team because we want to be, who's going to be prepared to do extra because we actually love the people we're with and we want to create something great. And that's going to be the opportunity that any of the um, teams around the country have now to actually maybe not be so money-based, but to be based on what do you want to be and what do you want to leave behind as a legacy of how good you could possibly be. Jenny, I've got some good news for you. Just while we've been having this conversation, my producer Wallace is going through the process of purchasing your book, Think, Prepare, Play Like a Champion. So 
you've managed to make a sale in uh, in this very brief uh, period of time. Uh, just give people a bit of information. I'm sure they've uh, listened and got a little snapshot of uh, all of your uh, skills and insights. Uh, just perhaps if someone was uh, keen to find out a bit more about you and uh, the services you offer, just where could they go and where could they find you? Um, basically, we've got a best on ground performance um, uh, website, and when you actually um, go onto it, you can click onto my power diary. But uh, because we weren't doing face to face, and I often usually see um, athletes for an hour or two on time, I actually have just gone to just doing um, Skype with my usual. Uh, athletes at the moment but um, other things I like to do especially is to actually go out with a whole footy team for two two two-hour sessions and or a netball team or um, any other group but one of the uh, areas when we do that is to actually teach people fast track everyone together as a group make it fun make it so that everyone learns they get the second uh, two-hour they get individual feedback from going home and doing all these questions and saying that's really good for you no this one we need to change so an example of that would be um, I like to be centre of attention. That is one of the questions and you can say true, false or sometimes to it. Now, if you want to be a great athlete, the answer is you have to at least say sometimes when you actually get onto the field because if you actually go, no, I don't want to be centre of attention, you'll never make it because you've got to be like, as you see, Jordan and those who go, big game, here I am, I want to be here. Mm. And if you're not like that, we can actually help people get there by um, doing various groups of activities and how to start. And um, when we talk about that, my book is actually, not only do you get the book, but you actually get some fridge magnets with it, plus you get some worksheets that you can use with your team, yourself. So the book is not only theory, it's actually all practical activities as well, and it can be used with any teams. And that's probably the best thing, the feedback I get is from a lot of community teams, and my sales have been Australia-wide, and I've even had a couple in UK and US who are sports psychologists who have actually now sent it out to teams. So I've been pretty proud of that because basically it's actually going what did I learn from all of my um, academic studies into uh, we took out every uh, uh, coach that we could find that had won world championships etc in team sport along with um, all uh, athletes who, who had won world championships uh, gold medals in the Olympics and we looked at what their characteristics were how they did it and then we've actually it's sort of like a recipe book to get there if you want to and also have some fun on the way so that's it's YouTube clips it's all all of those things it's in color and it's actually something that i know people who buy it get a lot of use out of it last one jenny are you going to be fronting for the you've been playing some indoor lacrosse i seem to recall is that still on the agenda <laughs> well it hadn't been on the agenda because they were reworking the floor in town so but it will be back on again but lucky thing is we've got a tennis court here so we play a bit of everything at different times um right down to the stupid uh finska games to the swedish games uh through the lawn bowls at times Stephen and his mates um i've missed them all the old footballers come over and play on our tennis court once a week with Stephen. So this is one of the things, Ben, that it's not only about sport that you're playing now, it's the connections that you make. And even for me, some of my old rivals uh, turn 50, I see on Facebook. And, you know, like these are the women that I played against that were the little girls, the really young ones, and they're now 50. But I noticed they're playing and they're actually um, – 
taking the next generation through with them. So it's this connection that sport's given. It's this love of, um, you know, like it's given you a great life because some people get money out of it, but the rest of us have actually got friendships that will last forever and really make life better. And that's why getting over this COVID is not the world's worst thing. We are going to get to back together. We are going to be able to have people doing things. And please give your kids an opportunity um, to be involved because it should be something that they love. A member of the Williams family coaching at the Adelaide Football Club. I never would have thought I would have seen it. <laughs> Clearly, they know where the uh, where the key expert information is. We are very pleased to have had your company here at Hooked on Sport. Oh, thank you, Ben, and I really appreciate all that you've done. And as I said to people, there are people who have always given women's sport a hand up, and you were one of those. So, um, look, I'm always happy to have a chat, and thank you for what you've done for sport too. Good on you, Jenny. Really appreciate your time. Okay, thanks, Ben. Bye. Hi, I'm Bruce McAvaney, and you're listening to Hooked on Sport. I enjoy every conversation I have with Jenny. She has such an incredible wealth of knowledge. So episode 15 is off the couch. Thanks for listening. As always, our gratitude to Sport SA and the Breakthrough Mental Health Research Foundation with support from Business SA and SA Health. Hooked on Sport is on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. So feel free to shoot us a note and let us know how your club is doing as we return to sport. Thanks to Ben Watson who wrote and recorded the musical intro to Hooked on Sport and to the show's producers, Wallace Long and Desiree McMahon. Be kind to one another. We will see you soon at Hooked on Sport.